Oh my gosh, so it is podcasting day, and I'm super, super excited. Um, let's just get right into it. Who are you? I'm Jess McGovern. You can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook, and I'm now on Instagram. You can search, As business. Yeah, as business, but you can you can search Photos with Anderson on Instagram, and you can see all my beautiful work. Hello. Hello. Yeah, super excited. So I'm Rachel Vote. I think you already knew that, though. And I'm super excited that y'all are here, too, <clears throat> today. Um, I think that you can follow the norms right. Instagram, vote for parties. Facebook, uh, I was just telling my husband this morning, no ego aside, I was super excited because somebody messaged me to ask me when the next empowerment class is. So, yeah, we're wrapping up 2020. You definitely, if you're interested in getting in on that, I've got two more classes that will be happening before the end of the year. Um, super excited because I'll make sure that you message me about that. And if you need a private group to do some intimacy, wellness, sexual... I always say that backwards now. I don't know why. <laughs> Intimacy building and sexual wellness sounds <clears throat> much better anyway. Uh, Got to be 18 years or older and a feminine energy to be a part of it, but definitely make sure to reach out to me. That group is banging. I love it. Um, it's good. Okay, so today uh, I asked Jess if I had kind of had a conversation I wanted to talk about, not really having thought it through, just so you know, so that's not different. <laughs> but just something that I felt like I would be able to speak I guess more in a safe space because what I had said to her right before we started was you know like I just don't feel like there's a, a place for my voice in this regard and so that's kind of where it's at right so what I was curious to talk about was just kind of like the the current climate of environment right now because here we are um currently you know we're filming November 2020 so this has been for the United States the 11th month really of you know um full-on change in COVID and while um, every city and state is different and I think that's what continues to change and evolve is that nobody's doing it the same um, that that never really that never really panned out and you can't really necessarily because different cities and counties and areas are all experiencing different things and it's I think that's part of the difficulty with it but what what's going on for us locally it, it's kind of this constant dynamic of back and forth about do you wear masks or mask mandated do business have to say that you have to wear masks um, and for a very conservative state as we're perceived which we are versus uh, I mean per our voting results yeah yeah um, and there are some incredibly liberal counties which means we have some liberal ish like if you wanted to classify I guess you had to say representation um, and that's one of the things that we're seeing within Lincoln specifically right now is the mayor is not really in alignment with our governor, who is more of a conservative view. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's clashing that's happening. And so I guess I, this is what I just wanted to, I'll just say it and then we'll go from there. So like what I want to talk to you just about was like we were talking about masks, right? So I think that everybody understands that nobody's appreciating that we have to wear them. And so it's like, where do you fall? And if you if you have a, an opinion about wearing a mask, yes or no, or anything in between, you you want a side basically. You're you're on a fence. Um, you're classified in a, in a particular manner if you say yes or no, right? So that's that's difficult because I don't think it's that easy. And so the the thing I think that's reported on very heavily right now is that. So I would say. Again, if we're classifying, right, blue side, liberal side, whatever, Democrats, you know, claim that anybody who is a, like a Trumper 
<clears throat> would be what you call considered anti-masker, or they just mm-hmm. make jokes like you never see those people wear their mask. This actually did happen yesterday. That there was a demonstration that was organized for a bunch of people to go into a high V, which is a local grocery store in Omaha, and not wear masks. So literally, um, really? uh, OPD had to like yeah hang out and make sure that you know. And and here's here's the argument, y'all. It's to me. This is what I want to say is that to me, it's not about not wanting to wear a mask because somebody's telling me I have to wear a mask. You don't want to wear the mask because it's inconvenient, and that's it. You want to wear the mask because you definitely want to do your civil civil duty of trying to protect the human race. What I mean, I tell people all the time, I don't I don't think that I, let me choose my words carefully. It's not that I don't think I would get COVID. It's that I don't believe that I would be impacted by COVID as much as other people could. So I feel like it's okay for me to wear my mask because if I'm carrying it and my body's healthy enough to not even notice. That doesn't mean I couldn't give it to somebody who is immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. So that's my justification on why I do it and not make a big stink about it. I just don't see it as a somebody's telling me I have to, so F that noise. I'm not going to do it. It's just an inconvenience. Would I prefer to go to a place that said you don't have to wear a mask? Yes, but not in the eyes of piss on the man. Mm-hmm. Just as a collective agreement that we understand as human beings we're being in this environment, so we will probably be exposed to anything, including the potential virus of COVID. We're making that distinction and decision, which is hard because when I say things like that, like I feel like I could be judged. Like, well, so then you don't care. No, it's that I trust that the human beings I'm going to be around are not going to get mad at me or be upset with me if they're like later, later learn that I was carrying it or had it because we just actively chose to be around each other. But as silly as it could say or as, as silly as it could sound, I believe that I'm immunocompromised. Are compromised. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm sorry. I believe believe that I have a, a supported immune system. I believe that while I still don't have the cleanest diet, I feel like not only do I eat much cleaner than I used to, it's more important about the energy and attitude about what I have that goes into my body versus the way I used to think. Mm-hmm. I believe that because I move my body more, it's healthier and stronger. Because I deal with my emotions, that I have cleaner energy. That. I'm not as susceptible to getting ill. And people are going to say that they might think that it's batshit crazy, but I haven't had a cold in two years. I haven't been, well, you know, you can catch a little sniffle or two, but I haven't ever been out for the count Mm -hmm. um, other than menstrual cramping, which is a natural part of my body. It wasn't a virus infecting me. And so I feel like I got really passionate about that and I don't want it to come off as arrogance. It's just that I think that there's more to the conversation that can be had than is it you wear it or you don't. And if you don't, you don't care about human life. I don't, I don't feel like that's true at all of me. No. And I I feel like I have very similar views. And I'm, you know, right now I'm eight months, almost nine months pregnant. And I still, like, I wear a mask when I go out. But it's not 100% just because I'm scared of catching COVID. It's right. I'm scared of... of unknowingly giving it to somebody who right. might die from COVID. Right. Because I... I'm lucky enough that right now I go to see a doctor every two weeks and you know, we, my husband did test positive for COVID right after we got married, but um, we think that it was a false positive because every single person around us that weekend tested um, negative. And so he went and got retested three days later and tested negative for it. So three days after receiving a positive, he received a negative and the health department told him, well, you know, it's more, you're more likely to get a false positive than a false negative. So, and then the testing that we had available to us at the time was only 80% accurate. So it's not that I think that I won't ever get COVID. It's, and you know, part of me is uh, concerned, aware that there's not enough data to show what the long-term effects are from COVID. So I don't want to claim that like 
if I catch it, I'll be fine forever. Right. Because nobody, nobody knows. knows. Yeah. But I'm not living, I'm not personally living in fear of catching it because it's been so, so widespread. I've almost just jumped from fear to acceptance that I probably it's, will get it at yeah, some point. Yeah, yeah. I may have already had it and not known. Um, one of my close friends swears up and down that she had it before the, before the first of the year. So before 2020 even hit, before any known cases of COVID had, had come to the United States, she believes that she had all of the symptoms, including the like toe rash or like the weird foot thing that is a symptom of COVID. Um, she had all of that back in November, December. And she said it was like a horrible upper respiratory thing that they couldn't diagnose exactly what she had, but she had it for like almost a month and a half. And she, it finally just went away on its own. But it's, anyways, I wear my mask when I go out in public because, yes, because the stores are telling me to do so and I, you know, need to go grocery shopping. Or, and it's their business and, and I can't tell them how to operate. Exactly. Yes. And I don't feel... If, I, if I'm their patron, I have to do as they ask to do business with them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I look at it, I personally look at it as the same as no shoes, no shirt, no service. Right now, yeah. right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic, so add in a mask and you're fine. Um, and I, I have lots of loved ones, friends, family that work in the nursing field. Mm-hmm. And it's more so that I'm wearing my mask to help protect them. Mm-hmm. Not directly because I'm not seeing them directly right now because of COVID. They're working. Right. But it's, they're so overworked because the hospitals are so, so overwhelmed, overwhelmed yeah. understaffed that if I can keep, like, if I can keep from spreading it to one more person that would end up in the hospital that's one less person that is going to be a burden on the healthcare system locally so that's that i mean that's how i view it and it's i definitely have gotten past the fear base because you know my my obgyn has even said like at the beginning because i was like oh i'm quarantining and i'm you know i'm not like right after i found out pregnant i was just like i'm not going out anywhere and i'm staying home and she's like well you know be careful with that she's like She's like, I don't want you going out licking, you know, handrails, but she's like, just remember that you're helping grow your child's immune system right now. So if you are in a bubble for all nine months, that child is going to be born with, with very little, um, antibodies, like natural occurring antibodies to defend their immune system when they're a newborn. So I do still clearly like you and I, I mean, we, we, oh my gosh. Other than the, the boudoir session on Thursday, we haven't really seen each other in, in person in like right, a month. Right, right, right. So weird. Right, right. Um, but thankfully, Zoom is a thing because we could still keep in touch that way. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. It's just like because like what you said is true. I remember when everything kind of started coming to a head back in February and March, and it was like there was just like this deep, 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 heavy energy over the city mm-hmm. like you didn't even like you'd look look at the five cars out on the street and y'all would feel weird for being out yeah and then you know if you were anywhere in public you like there was no there was more than six dis, six feet of distance distance between people in public at that time like mm-hmm. everybody was staying 20 to 30 feet away you would come into your own home and you wouldn't even want to wear the clothes that you just had on like that's how heavy it was and that's how like doomsday it felt and the ironic thing is, is that nothing has changed, but people's attitudes and views towards it, because I believe that everybody felt that way back in back at that time, whether they wanted to believe it or not, whether they wanted to wear the mask, whether they believed it, whatever it was, I feel like everybody felt that energy. And and I think that's the argument right now is that as energy is changing about those those views, but, the, but it hasn't changed externally. People are still getting sick. Beds are still way overcrowded all of those things those are the same yeah it's like 
we have to be really intentional about how we're choosing where that that energy goes. Is it is it because we're tired and fed up, or is it because we've decided we got to collectively find a different way? You know, and and I know this is going to sound again really woohooey, but where I wanted to segue this into was kind of this this conversation that we have to be careful because at least in my opinion, what, like, you think about, like, my dad was here visiting the other day, and he was like, oh, I'm getting this itch to travel, I'm getting this itch to travel, he's retired, he travels like crazy now, hasn't been able to go barely anywhere, uh, and my dad is old, der, like, you know, mm, probably somebody you would consider would stay home in the wake of COVID, but he's like, nope, just went to Colorado, uh, you know, like, and not like an anti-masker, just like, no, I just really want to travel, I want to still experience, you know, this is what retirement's supposed to be for, those kinds of things, and that, you know, that's the mentality that I'm like, if you were to sit down and have a conversation with my dad, would you judge him and go, well, how dare you? How dare you travel to Colorado and live your life in retirement? Um, even though he's taking all the precautions that you can to keep, you know, all your germs to yourself. Um, so when we are living in this climate and this has become our new normal, it's a year. It'll be a year soon. And it's projected that the minimum, you know, year and a half total before any consideration to change will be made about what we do and will we have to check daily codes and reds and masks and so on and so forth. So what does that mean for us? That means there is more encouragement to not spend time with your loved ones. There's more encouragement to not go travel and experience other people's cultures and experiences. Mm -hmm. It means to not grow yourself in those environments because you just can't replicate a week-long trip to India to study Hinduism through a Zoom. Yeah. You know, and it's not to say that you can't learn religion in your place. I, I believe you 1000% can, but what are we missing out on when we're, when that's turned to your screens? Because what will be left when you're at home? You can, you can only draw so many drawings and write so many books and have so many sexes, you know, like you can keep yourself busy. I know infinitely, <laughs> but that, that's creative people who want to do that. What about, what about like my 12 year old son who's so, into his screen that right now while he's in quarantine that's all I know he's doing mm-hmm. you know he just that's he's it's screen time screen time screen time and less concern from a 13 year old as he grows up into a 15 year old and a 20 year old about being out with human beings and you know having those type of real life experiences because I'm not saying it started in COVID but it was escalated in COVID oh yeah oh, 100% and that's I mean with our kids like you know, they are being homeschooled this year, which is, to my knowledge, it's new. I mean, they're my stepchildren, but I believe that this is the first year that they've been actually homeschooled. Um, but they, their social life has taken a huge dip and a huge plunge. And they, you know, they often talk about their friends from their old school that they miss and that their newest thing is that they, they keep telling us who they both have crushes on from their old school. And these are kids that they haven't seen since March, like at the, the earliest or soonest that they could have seen them. Um, was last March when right before spring break happened because right. like, we never came off of spring break. Right. But, you know, I fear that they're going to be not delayed socially 100%, but just... Well, is it that you're even fearful of that or is it that you're just... It, it's fearful that they miss out on this experience? Yeah, it's... it's Cause they're always going to be normal children. Yes. And they can always adapt back into having friends. It's just that they're yes. missing it at this age. They're when it's missing crucial it. for that creativity and yes. social aspect of fitting into your culture. And, and that's... I mean, when I was there... confidence. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> when I was their age, that's all I craved yes. was friends. Yes, and my, I should have had friends. more of it. Yes, yes, and it's... Now, you know, 
when they come to our house, we live in an apartment, so there's not a ton of room to run around and be yeah. crazy. We do have a little green, like common area green space behind our building, but it's still like, you know, there's not a ton of kids running around out there, so they get bored really quickly out there because um, there's not a ton to do. There's not like a playground or anything, it's just grass. But they, so they, they have a lot of screen time. They, ha they play with the same five toys over and over again, which is great because we can actually get them to play with those five toys. But then they get bored really easily and, you know, they talk about their friends and they want to go do this, they want to go do that. And we as parents, you know, who like to have experiences, you know, out doing things with our children, like we like to pay for, um, you know, lost in fun and other, other activity-based things. Experience-based. Experience, yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Experience-based things. And we can't do that right now because of COVID. And so it's, you know, the kids keep asking us, can we go do this? Can we go do that? And we're like, no, we can't do we that can't. because yeah. of COVID, you know, and now it's COVID's getting worse. So they were getting a small taste over the summer of us being able to go out to the lakes and to go to the parks and hike and do things like that where, you know, you don't have to necessarily be around other people, but now it's getting colder. I'm getting more pregnant. Uh, it's I'm physically in pain if I walk around, you know, for too long because baby girl is... Your hips are separating. Yes, and she is lodged so low right now that it, it physically is painful for me to walk around for extended period of, periods of time, which, you know, quarantine is perfect for. Um, but they, they're starting to get restless again because they, I think it's one of those, like, winter is coming kind of things. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones reference. Yeah. But winter is coming. They know that they're about to be locked inside for, for months. And I think that I almost am afraid you know, not living in this place of fear, but it's, I'm conscious, I'm aware that there's potential that they could develop, um, like seasonal depression at such a young age, because I know as an adult, I suffer from seasonal depression because I don't like being locked indoors and told I can't go outside, but I feel like, well, I just think that's the body too craves vitamin C. It's it, yes. normal and natural. Yes, I agree. And then you kind of, you add on the fact that we've, this is, you know, month eight of really of, of being locked in, at home and being told don't go outside if you don't have to don't go to the stores don't socialize if you don't have to so it's just I'm aware of my own feelings and my own depression and the fact that seasonal I do suffer from yearly seasonal depression and so I just I'm conscious and aware that that they may experience it this time yeah um, and I and that saddens me. Like, it just, it makes me sad that kids so young, you know, five and eight, almost nine and six, oh my gosh, um, could suffer from that. Thankfully, we have a baby girl on the way, and so she will be a nice distraction <laughs> from, from all of that, and we won't want to leave because we'll be so tired. <laughs> but, I don't know, it's it's kind of crazy to think about that we're coming up on, like, the one-year anniversary of I COVID. I know, and it's, I mean, for me, it doesn't feel like it's been a year, but... So, like, I was just thinking the other day, because, um, like, Tony was telling me, like, uh, the kids' sports stuff had been canceled again until mm -hmm. December. Yep. And so, here's what I'll tell y'all. So, the, the town, uh, is it classified as a city, it's big enough. Uh, it doesn't matter. Lincoln is roughly 260, 270,000 people. And in my line of work, when I'm traveling, you know, to do in-home parties, I can, I can go to... I can go to places that are 6,000 people. I can go to Omaha, which is bigger than Lincoln. Um, I've been all over. And in this climate, when the when we were allowed to, I shouldn't say allowed, when we all felt a little bit uh, safer about, you know, getting gathering back together, small towns are different mm -hmm. than big cities, y'all. Like, they don't, and here's maybe why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling partially, because partially, I had seen this, is it kind of an inspiration. Small town people 
sometimes you see masks. Rarely do you see masks. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just kind of this... It's not... Nobody's fighting about it. Nobody's fighting about it in small towns because it's just... It almost feels like a herd mentality thing. It's like, let, it's not like, let's all get it and, you know, get over it. It's just, we feel like we're doing the best we can to keep each other safe. And we all think about one another in that regard and how can we help. And if a family does come down with it, everybody's donating meals and, mm-hmm. you know, how can, you know, in that kind of thing versus anything else. So more community-based. It is definitely community-based and, um... But, it, but everybody's still aware, you know, like they're still going to get tested and, you know, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, I think. But the, the thing about the sports that I was thinking about was, because like for our son, he he has man choir and he was so excited about it because he was actually asked to be a part of it in eighth grade this year. He had this um, trip he was going to take to Washington, D.C. Oh. with another um, class. Yeah. It, it's not planned until March, but here here they are, you know, like they, they have to start making payments here soon and it's like... Tony said, I don't have the heart to tell him he's not going to be able to go. Like, it's not even about not making it. It's just, you not, might not be able to travel. Yeah. And so, I I think, like, like, and then you think about, like, who, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel about your children missing out on those types of experiences? Because I remember when this first started happening, everybody was, not everybody, but there was a lot of people who were very upset about seniors missing out on prom and... Um, graduation ceremonies and stuff like that and then people were so upset about missing Husker games and so that's part of what we were talking about you and I were just talking about and then in the same exact breath see I can be a complicated human being I want to be like don't be so upset about it right like it is just an experience and so like there there has to me there has to be a happy medium it's like you want to be out in life enjoying experiences but not to the detriment that you feel like you lost out so much that you're grieving Mm -hmm. over what could have been well and it's i mean the the thing you never even had because it didn't happen right well and the husker football thing i mean hit our house hard because yeah brett is very much so um in love with the Huskers, obsessed with them. He follows them on, on every social media platform, is up to date on everything. I mean, he gasps and freaks out in the middle of, like, dinner and stuff, and it's because he got a notification on his phone that somebody got recruited or committed or whatever. I don't even know. <laughs> but it's... Um, so he was very devastated when talks about them, the Huskers not playing football at all happened. Mm-hmm. And my, you know, like, economic... Like, I was socially aware enough that I was more worried about the the economical impact, impact of the city. Of the city. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. Lincoln, Nebraska is very much so a college town. Yes. Um, the University of Nebraska, Lincoln, is one of the biggest, if not the biggest thing in Lincoln. And the fact that they fund, so, like, so many out-of-town like out of town people live in the downtown area around the, the, the campus. Mm-hmm. So all of those downtown businesses are dependent upon the college students' shopping with them, eating with them, bringing in income for the downtown area. So all of the businesses that are missing out on not just the students not being in in-person classes, but the Husker traffic for Husker game days. Working for the city and working as a 911 dispatcher, I mean, it was a known thing that Husker game days were wild and crazy because the stadium becomes its own like it, it becomes, becomes like, city. Yeah, it becomes the third largest city in Nebraska on game days and yeah. it's within Lincoln. I mean, it's just so heavily populated in such a concentrated area. But I was, I was, my heart more broke, so not just because of people weren't going to play football, because yay sports, <laughs> but was more so I felt bad for the the mom and pop shops that might yeah. not survive. Yeah. And as time has gone on, we've seen more and more businesses. 
announced that they're permanently closing or that they're closing their downtown locations and they hope to come back in a different part of Lincoln at some point, but there's no, nobody knows what's going to happen five months from now. So nobody's making any plans like that. But then I also, it's one of those, the entrepreneur side of me, I can be complicated too. Um, My entrepreneur side is the businesses, in my opinion, I don't know. I can't speak for every business. I don't, I am, I have not researched this enough. So this is not fact. This is just my opinion. Um, the businesses that that folded early or that couldn't withstand the storm are potentially the, the businesses that failed to pivot and failed to see where the change um, was was going. And didn't. or they were already struggling. Or yes, or they were already struggling. And it was like the nail in the coffin. Yes. Yeah. Because there are there are plenty of local businesses that are booming right now because they were one of the first to offer you know the curbside pickup. Um, the to-go orders, things like that. Like Olive Garden has, in my opinion, again, in my opinion, my experience, the few times that we've ordered the curbside pickup, Olive Garden has never been busier in Lincoln. Like it is crazy how long the wait times were, even when you scheduled a pickup time, like a specific time you were to pick up your food. People are still waiting 30, 45 minutes because so many people are, you know, more, they're like, oh, I don't want to cook. I've cooked so many meals. So I'm going to order, I'm going to order out more, whatever whatever And they're ordering, you know, the, the restaurants that had curbside pickup in the beginning, um, they're, I think that their restaurants and their business were booming because not everybody pivoted so fast. Mm-hmm. And now there's plenty of restaurants that I can see on social media that are trying to play catch up, but are, seem to be struggling. So it's... Well, and, yeah, and that's, that's difficult. And I, I think that as peop- as two women who are entrepreneurs, you know, those are things that we do think about maybe more so than others could or yeah. would. But yeah. it's also difficult because there is some sensitivity there, right? Like, you don't want anybody to think you're no. saying that. We're, yeah. we're not saying that bad on you. Like, you should have done that. I would say, like, oh, my God, I just finished this amazing book, by the way, um, that w- that's going to inspire what I'm about to say. All right. So what I would wish for any business owner in that regard is that you just look at this as, again, it's not it's not that you failed. It's just that times change. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this briefly um, in, in, in another segment where you just have to think about the fact that how did houses start, right? Houses started as caves. Mm-hmm. They went to, like, mutts, mutts, <laughs> mutts, uh, mud huts. And then they went to like straw and then they went to, you know, until where we are today. And they continue to evolve. They do. The materials evolve, the styles evolve. So it's not about losing out or failing. You you still are a creative human being. You still have a heart-centric business. You still have the ability to thrive. And you will. You just have to kind of figure out where your arts lie now. And it might not be exactly what you were doing before. But it's not necessarily that t-shirt selling was like the number one thing you liked about your job. It was the creativity aspect of it and helping others find joy in what they've worn their clothing. So how could you do that now in 2020? Exactly. And how could you make it better than you did before? So, you know, I can only say that she was 2020 Rachel, by the way, because 2018 oh, Rachel would have been like, oh, my God, I let this file for unemployment forever. And <laughs> I'm going to cry about it in my therapist's office because, you know, COVID, my life and my chances of being super successful. Like, that's exactly how I would have felt. So if you feel that way now, it's okay. It's okay. But just don't let that be your destiny because you deserve better. Well, yeah. And it's just, I think what we talked about last week on our podcast was choosing, choosing the better feeling. And it's, 
it's choosing the perspective that you're viewing the the problem or the situation as you know you can view COVID as like oh my gosh it ruined my business because all my clients are gone and all like business is gone or I couldn't do this because of it or yes, whatever, whatever. Yeah. or you could shift your perspective and you could be like oh my gosh I've been feeling bored or stagnant in my business because everything was the same day in day out and COVID gave me the opportunity and the time or yeah. whatever yeah. to and re- you will say that change. by the way yeah. in three yeah. months six months. 12 years from now, you will see it that way. Yeah. And it had to happen. It had to happen. And again, like, and there's not, I'm sure, I mean, again, I don't know because I haven't researched it per se, but I can fathom the fact that there are some businesses that they took this as an opportunity to close their doors because they didn't know how to, how to close their doors without, you this know. This was the out they were looking for. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. They, this was the out they were looking for that, you know, they could kind of be like, oh, sorry, I had to fire people, but it was because of COVID kind of thing instead of, I just don't want to be in business anymore. Sure. Um, or I want to retire, but I didn't know how to retire because there's some people that have worked from such a young age that they physically do not know how to stop working. I would so, say that too, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. COVID is or could have been for them the perfect excuse to stop and to take a break and to take a step back. So it's, again, it's choosing the better feeling. It's being aware if it, if, for me, it's being aware of, of the feelings that you're having and finding the root core issue behind them and not just, I feel like, I feel like crap. Okay, well, why do you feel like crap? Like, where is your head Right, is from? it crap or is that you're disappointed or you're scared yes. or you're anxious or you're... Being specific. Yeah, 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 yeah. But realistic, realistically, being specific can also be a detriment. Yeah. So if you're, like, struggling to find the specific emotion, back it up and get more general. Well, do yeah. I feel good or do I not feel so good? Yeah. Because we know that's where you have to start from. And when you, I mean, it's it's obvious that when you go, well, yeah, I'm obviously not feeling so good. Okay. So what kind of not so good are you feeling? Yeah. Where are you feeling it? Where are you experiencing it? And then you can really tackle it from there. Oh yeah. And then it's, it, the next step for me is always, well, how would I rather feel like in a perfect world? How would I feel about this, this situation, this problem? How do I want to feel, yeah. feel about it? And then in my head, I, ha- I literally go, well, I want, I want to feel good about this. Okay, well, how can you look at the pro- the same problem, the same situation? How can you look at it through a different lens, a different perspective, and have a good feeling at the end of it? So that I mean, that's how I navigate, you know, my conflicts with my in my relationship, my problems with my business, things like that. Is I recognize, I acknowledge how I currently feel, and it's usually a bad feeling. I recognize that I would rather feel good about the, the problem because good energy feels better than bad energy, and then I. It, I stop, I pause, and I ask myself, how can I look at the same problem and find a good outcome? Yeah. Like, it's not changing the problem. It's not dismissing that I'm having a problem. It's choosing to look at it from a different view, like, point of view. Yeah. And that's honestly what personal development is about. Because before personal development, all we all are doing, all we are all doing is acting from our habit. Yeah. And that's what gets us in trouble. Because it, we, we act out of panic. We act out of anxiety. Personal development quite literally adds all the tools to your tool belt to give you the pause. Because I think we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating, of course, is that you have to remember that the body is just a body. And this was a very hard concept for me to start grasping in spirituality this year because it's like, well, the body is your thing. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's not. Because remember, you don't take it with you. You don't even take your brain with you. The only thing that is is your spirit, your source, your whatever you call it, whatever you call it, okay? Um, so when you can detach from the fact that the body is a body, okay. And here's what's, here's what I love. I hear this all the time in personal development is that the body is really farther from source than we think. Cause we think inside is that spirit and then outside is the body. Mm-hmm. Right. But what it really is, is, um, 
let me get it right. Because you start with the body. Like, let's say body moves, right? Mm-hmm. But body's moving because nerves, muscles, tendons are being told to move, right? Mm-hmm. And so body is being told to move by what? Brain. Brain is the organ that orchestrates what does what and just knows that. Just knows that from the moment we're born, right? Mm-hmm. We know that to be true because people who you quote-unquote would not you specifically just you know yeah, but people yeah. might quote-unquote call it a disability of being blind or being deaf but somehow we know how to breathe nobody tells us right so that is controlled by the mind and what is um experienced by the mind technically it's still not even the source it's not the spirit it's from the brain it goes to the mind i think i might have said that backwards i'm sorry because the brain is the organ mm-hmm. the mind is the processor of that organ. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. So now we're still two steps away, right? And now what's feeling and experiencing what the mind is having those thoughts, those emotions about? Well, that's that source, right? Okay. So now we're like four steps away from the actual body. So now you can start to see more so why it's not your body. It's not your body. It's just the vessel. It's not different than when you drive a vehicle, you are there experiencing it, but the car is operated by the motor, which is fueled by the gasoline, which has a transmission and a radio and blinkers. So those are the things that are coming back to the car that are being reported and the body's going, okay, okay, I know how to, I know how to manipulate this experience, mm-hmm. but I don't run it. Does that make sense? That's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. So that's, and that's mind to spirit. So spirit's experiencing it. Mind source, or uh, I'm sorry, spirit source, however you want to classify it. So then you gotta think about this a little bit farther. Okay, here, here's where we go a little bit woohooier. So what is source being experienced by? <laughs> I know, right? I know. Yeah, I scared the cat. So, um, so the I'll just tell. Like, I'm not. I'm not. Don't feel insecure. Feel like I don't know what you're talking about. Because I didn't either. I was just listening to this. Right. So, your source, your spirit, is being experienced by consciousness. Okay. Right? Because consciousness is the thing that we don't really have control over. It's just happening all the time, whether mm-hmm. it's an aware consciousness or not. So it's consciousness. So then what's the consciousness being experienced by? Well, if I had to say, I would say God, universe, oh, really? source. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's, that's, that, that's the farthest you go. So we go from body to brain to mind to source to consciousness to God. So one... The beautiful woohoo-y thing about that is that means you're you're part of God. You're part of the universe. That's where that unconditional love comes from because you can't do anything other than be a part of God. You cannot separate yourself from it. You cannot act like it's different from who you are. It's just a part of who you are. And if you want to follow the super woohoo-y, y'all, this is the guilt and shame you have in your human form is because you feel like you did something wrong by falling from God. But you've never been away from God. You just forgot that you were this close. Theoretically. Theoretically. Theoretically, you're close, but really you're not because you have all these steps in between. So um, we go that woohoo-y because when you can detach from the body, we're going to care less about what people are telling us to do with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because we think we should be controlling what other people are doing with it when it really doesn't matter. It does not matter. What we should be more concerned with is people's well-being in terms of their mental and emotional state because that controls so much more to how the body reacts. Mm-hmm. I just We just said that, right? Because even though the mind is perceiving what the brain's doing to the body, something's controlling it, which is your spirit, mm-hmm. right? So that's why I go back to that, in my opinion, if we were fo- focusing a little bit more on health in all aspects, 
the body would take care of itself. Oh yeah. We don't recognize how much we know. We know the healing power, but we don't recognize it. If I was to rip off a cuticle today, would it bleed? Yes. But would I need to go to the doctor for it? No. We know that because tomorrow it's it will be already begun to heal. Mm-hmm. Today it'll stop bleeding by itself. Tomorrow it'll already begun to heal. By day two, there's no there's no even trace of pain left. So. We forget that the body already hate. Oh, 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 blood. Okay, 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 okay. We have a whole cascade effect that we know we have to do to take care of this. Let's get it done. And we just forget. Yeah. We, we, or I shouldn't even say, well, we, that's the truth of the matter is we have forgot. But for me, it's that I've decided to learn. Mm-hmm. Relearn because that's pretty cool. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I guess. It's the same reason that you're... You're having your baby naturally, whether you know it or not, because mm-hmm. you know the human body, it can do it. Oh, yeah. Right? You know that the human body can do it. It has been doing it since we've been birthing babies. hmm So, how is it different than healing your body in any other regard? Makes sense. Does it? It does. Well, it's good. I feel like it was really out there. Well, it's woohoo but I feel like the people that, if you're listening to this, again, it's one of those... If you're not ready for it, don't dismiss it. Take what resonates and leave what doesn't, and yeah. then come back to it. Because I'm not saying I'm right, by the way. Well, no, but I'm not it's also my way is the way. Go ahead. I'm it's, sorry. It's also if you're not ready to hear the woohooey messages, then they're not going to make sense to you. Or but, you can be in disagreement with them. Or, yes, or yeah. you can be in disagreement with yeah. them, or you can be very defensive hearing them because they go against everything that you've known or learned before. Mm-hmm. But the more that you get into personal development, the more you become more open-minded about certain topics, you can come back to this and maybe it'll resonate with you later. So it's, if you're feeling any certain type of negative way, hearing us talk about woohoo stuff, just know that it happens. It happened to me for the longest time. And now <laughs> it's, and now it's just more, I'm more open to it because I, I, I guess I've experienced certain things or I've seen other things to be true um, with my own eyes, my own experiences. And so I have become more open-minded to things that didn't make sense to me before because I have other things to reference yeah. and pull from. Yeah, and I think that is important too because that's, that is literally what it is. is the, it's the experience. If you live in a one-horse town, you never leave the one-horse town, the one-horse town doesn't have cable or cell service, how do you know that there's other people out there of different color, different height, anything, because you don't. You don't. And so experience is what draws upon everything you ever knew Mm -hmm. to say, is it accurate? And I think we, for most of us, we are given the programming from everybody we knew, our parents, pastors, teachers, everybody of influence of a certain way to think. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we think that our way is the way we're supposed to think, which means we also think that other people think those ways. And when we discover that they don't, there's two options. You can feel threatened by their thoughts and, well, they can't be right because it's not like mine. Or you can be open to their thoughts to go, well, holy crap, that's really kind of cool. I, I would like to learn more or hear more. And it gets to be as simple as there one way to cook chicken or is there a bazillion ways to cook chicken? Mm-hmm. Is there even one way to make a bed or another way that you could make a bed, right? But we, I don't know what it comes down to when you can separate stuff like that versus a human being or the color of their skin or the religious thoughts that come out of their brain. Like, I just don't understand that disconnect anymore. Yeah. It's just sad. It is sad. So anyway. It's frustrating. So I asked my husband um, if he thought we were, how long he thought we were going to have to wear masks. Oh yeah? What did he say? He didn't really have an answer. He thought 
I mean, like, if you had to give an answer, you would just say, like, right now it's indefinite until we know otherwise. Mm-hmm. And that made me sad. <laughs> uh, it made me sad because I was like, uh, like, we were out of the grocery store yesterday and we, I was getting Olivia out of the car mm-hmm. and she put the mask over my face. Oh. You know, like, it was like, because I had it under my chin because we weren't in the store yet and she put it over my face. And I, I don't want that to be. Not because, again, somebody's telling me not to put on a mask. Because I, when we're in a public place, do you think that strangers can tell that I'm smiling at them? Right. They can when my when I overdo it in my eyeballs so mm-hmm. that they can see that I'm squinting. You know, of course I will. I wave and I I say things to them. But you guys, we were struggling enough to connect as human beings before, and now you put something on your face that is like the last part of body language you have left. Mm-hmm. Um. It just uh, that's what makes me sad is that that's that's that division I'm talking about. That's the more screen time because you can you can you know self medicate that way by being around thoughts and ideas that only you think. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I just I'm not saying that I know what the solution is, and I'm not saying that my thing is the right thing. I'm just saying that what I'm asking the universe is that I want to choose a better feeling, and I choose a better feeling of believing in humanity that we're going to get this shit together sometime, and that we're going to remember that we do so much better when we work together than when we divide. And, and just because we still have different opinions doesn't mean that we don't actually don't end up better because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hard. I don't know. Too hooey. Too hooey. I'm really hoping that, you know, the science side of things, because, you know, we talk about a lot of woo stuff, but I still very much still believe in science and things. Yeah. And I'm hoping that there is a vaccine or there is some type of of medicine that can help with the symptoms help with covid so that it's not as severe and it's not as deadly so that we can get back to some some resemblance of not i don't want to say normal because this is already the normal yeah this is already the new normal we have to be okay with it and just accept it and stop fighting it but i want to get back I want to get to a place where we don't have to wear masks and we Me don't too. we don't have to quarantine. People don't have to die from COVID at, at an alarming rate. Um, I was just listening to a TikTok today that was... I finally today learned what novel means when they are talking about a novel virus. I thought it meant like really cool. Like, like oh, this is like really like it's a novel. Like, mm. but it's like just a mean, novel idea. Yeah, like okay. a novel. But okay. it just means new. Uh, like a, a new virus that yes, I didn't know they, that. I thought it was like a descriptive word. Yeah, you were yeah. describing it. Yeah. Um, but it just means for the medical community that it's a newer virus no, that humankind has never seen it before. So they have to try and learn as scientists as much about it as possible, as quickly as possible, so that it doesn't prolong and it doesn't become a, a global pandemic. And this is not the first novel virus right. that has hit. Right. In my lifetime alone, there's been at least twenty that I can think like. 20 big ones. Swine flu, all yeah. this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, Ebola, all these things. Yeah. Um, Smallpox. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's it's one of those that time, is. it really just takes time and money and science and for scientists to figure out the kinks in their, you know, their vaccines, their medicines, whatever, to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I, I love science, but I hate science because then I'm like, oh, I wish it was just like magic because we could just take magic potions and there would be no side effects and there would be no death. Well, or- yeah, yes and no. But I think that science also just kind of throws us for a loop in it, it sometimes too, because like, so we were just talking about smallpox, like mm-hmm. the Spanish flu was one of the biggest ones that people don't yeah. really know or talk about. Uh, but from 1920. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ran it hundred years ago. Yeah, years so ago. not only, you know, was uh, medicine wasn't what it was a hundred years ago or farther back mm-hmm. when all these other things happened. So 
the world has survived, and I think that that's one thing that we kind of forget to kind of take a step back. The world will survive. Yeah. Um, it just will. And it, it sucks because, like, you look back at those things and you see where there was so much devastation in the wake of losing human beings. Uh, but it, it, it is the way that it is when something like this happens. But ironically, we talk about, like, you know, dumping more money into research, and I'm not saying that we stop. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, if you watch, there's a lot of information about, like, you know, if you were to crack open the human being body, um, every potential known virus or um, disease out there that could be, I mean, it's an ornament. Like, there's there's so there's so many, many possibilities of those things. <laughs> like, you're already conditioned for those to be happening in the world at some point. Mm-hmm. That, like, when you look at it from that perspective, we've had, what do you say, like, 100 or whatever. Yeah. Um, in 100,000 years that humans have been on planet Earth, well there's an infinite possibility of other ones coming our way. Exactly. So you can choose to live in fear that, oh my gosh, what's the next pandemic? Or you mm-hmm. can just go, well, it happens. Like, oh. humans are susceptible to these things. And again, it's not an insensity... Insensitivity. <laughs> it's not an insensitivity... Insensitivity to the human lives that are lost in cases like this, especially for loved ones who are isolated or have to go through that experience. It's not that your heart doesn't go out to them. But it is... For me, it's still partial relief just to know that the world must go on mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, and, yeah, being farther away from each other in that time just is, makes it harder. It does. And it's... Do you think that they isolated like that with Spanish flu and everything else before? Well, it's funny because... I we could I, probably look it up. We could look it up. And we should, maybe we should... Uh-huh. I love talking about things that I didn't fully research before. So just know that we are not uh, experts History on this. Bus. Yeah, we are not historians on this. But um, for a while there, I was seeing a, an article circulate that I viewed as as accurate it did not have any red flags to me to to doubt it but um i want to say it was in philadelphia or somewhere back in like the 1920s when the spanish flu hit people were quarantining they were told to like stay away from each other stay home so you don't get sick and people were doing that and then something happened i don't know if it was election or war or something something ended and people gathered on the streets in masses to celebrate and then it was like a second wave broke out and and everybody got sick again and there was you know mass casualties because of the virus and everybody was just like oh see like we're just repeating our repeating ourselves because we didn't learn from the first time and i'm like well there's no one to blame but ourselves then like yeah yeah. that and it's like but it just goes to show you like what else are you going to do though are you going to just be in your homes and hope that it rides out but how does the world continue to function in that manner? It just can't. It just can't be that way. And while we talked about, like, how many amazing advancements have come out just this year alone because they had to, mm-hmm. in, like, technology base and, you know, um, electronic communication, which is phenomenal because that just allows for us to connect with somebody anywhere in the world at any given time. Mm-hmm. So that is very magical. But we can't assume that it's a replacement for the in-person experience oh no not at all we cannot wally ourselves no i would absolutely hate that and i honestly literally just light bulb moment i'm like oh my god this is how wally started um well i mean that's more about like consumerism i know but like i'm like but like this is like a logic in my brain i'm like this is a logical first step like holy crap (laughs) yeah Um, because it'll force us all to get yeah anyways that's another tangent buy more stuff for your house yeah but it's i mean i Again, looking at the problem of COVID, choosing to look at it from a different perspective, I think it's kind of awesome how many companies have recently, within the last couple of weeks, announced that they're permanently going to offer work from home positions with their companies because they've had a test run, a, you know, a forced, forced yeah. test run yeah. um, for l- allowing their employees to work at home, work from home, and they've seen they have the data now for the last you know how 
we'll, we'll say six months, solid six months of data um, from their employees working at home of productivity levels. Um, can their employees do it? Can the technology support it? Because there's you know no guarantee that um, every employee will have the same technology, things like that. But I think that Nelnet is one of them that yep. is offering yep. permanent at-home positions. I want to say that like um, a couple call centers for some reason, State Farm st- sticks out in my head. Like there, it's a lot of call centers. I a, think a lot of call centers type positions. But think, I mean, personally, I know at least a hundred people that work in call center jobs. Like, oh yeah, clients, friends, family, whatever. That's a hundred more people that get to work from home. Which well, yeah, yeah, which is not for everybody. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's like a magic, like it's not this magical end all be all. But I love working from home personally. Me too. Yes, I am working at home for myself, so it's a little bit different. But it's still, you, you know, these people... Less commute. Less commute. Um, they don't have to... Not all of them have to get full, ready, face, ready. full yeah. face makeup, yeah. full, like, wardrobe. You don't have to spend as much of your paycheck on certain things. And I was just having this conversation with... Um, I think it was my boudoir client on Thursday about makeup and the fact that neither of us have really put on a lot of makeup since COVID started. And previously, you know, I was doing in-home parties. I was getting dressed up before I went out. You know, my five-year-old stepdaughter was wanting to to put on makeup with me every time I put on makeup. And now it's, you know, I can probably count on one hand how many times since spring break I've actually put on a full face of makeup. And the last couple of times I haven't even done it myself. I've paid somebody else to do it um, because it's been for big events like my elopement. And, you know, today, if you could hear the uh, spritz of the hairspray in the background, Rachel was <laughs> curling, curling her hair. my hair so that we could, I'm going to take my maternity photos today um, because it's going to be one of the, one of the last nice weekends before baby girl is born. Yeah. But it's how crazy to think about this time last year, I was putting on a full face of makeup at least three to four times a week. Yeah. And now it's three to four times a year. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that was like one thing that we can both say when we, we both like, we both went through massive changes in business in general this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and ironically, like they intertwined with each other and then separated from each other. And both, we both grew immensely because of it. Um, and we both learned a lot about what we didn't want in business. Yeah. Like we, we had been on such a powerhouse, I would say solidly, at least for the last year about what we wanted, what we wanted, what we wanted, Mm -hmm. uh, which was good stuff because it it meant things were flowing to us that we wanted. But I know for sure I can say for myself that when I was forced to slow down Mm -hmm. about getting out of the house and doing, and doing the in-home parties, it allowed for me to see what I wanted to do additionally Mm -hmm. um, in that regard. And at first it was identity crisis because I thought it meant that I didn't want to do that anymore which ended up being your situation, which is beautiful, right? Yeah. Because being as close as we were, I would have, I would have think that we probably would have both thought we would have made similar decisions. Yeah. And we didn't, and we could not only know that that was the right thing to do, but just come out of it bigger, better, and stronger as as entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I still learned that I wanted to slow down too, and, and I okay. and I didn't expect that. I expected oh, that I which, wanted to go, 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 go more yeah. than ever. Oh my god! I remember having this conversation with Brett, probably in end of March, early April, about how I was afraid to talk to you about a couple of things because COVID, you know, being on quarantine, because we thought back then it was only going to be like a two to four week quarantine thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I was on a strict quarantine. I didn't leave the house to do anything. 
Um, and Brett, he was still into work because he worked outside. Um, so he didn't have to be around people. So he was the one that picked up groceries and stuff like that. Like I stayed home. Um, but I realized very quickly that the things that I didn't want in business were, I didn't really want to have to go, go, go a hundred percent of the time. It's a sense of urgency when you recognize it. Yes. It was not even like fast paced fun anymore. It no, was urgency. It was urgency and, yeah. and anxiety. And that translated to anxiety yes. for me, anxiety yes. around business. And I didn't want that. Yeah. I wanted to find a good balance between my home life and my, or just, my family that, life. Just yeah. feeling good about where you were doing. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like you and I had had this conversation or this, I guess maybe it was just like an unspoken thought process that the go, go, go mentality that we had had for the previous year was not going to be the end all be all. It was the, it didn't mean success anymore. Well, yes, but it was for the last year or the year prior, we kind of had like a, well, this is only going to last for like the next five years. We only have to go, 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 go Uh for five years. Uh And then we'll get to like, take a step back and take a breather. And so in my head, I was convincing myself, okay, I can keep up this level of energy, this level of business for five years. I got this. I can do this. Let's go. And then COVID hit. And I was like, I don't want to waste in my mind. That is when the shift happened of, I don't want to waste the next five years of my kids' life. Go, go, go. And not appreciating the time that I living in the now, because I think, it felt like that was forcing me to live in the future of looking forward to the, the calm down in five years and looking forward to like the stepping back and having what you want in life mm-hmm. five years from now, mm-hmm. because I was, that was, I was focused on that goal and yeah. I could not, could not appreciate the living in the moment. And so that was, that was the big shift. And it took until maybe just now for me to verbalize it a hundred percent. Well, we're on the exact same page. Yeah. Which exact is exact same page, which is great because now it's, I know what I want in business and I know that I don't personally want to have multiple, but like, I do not want to be actively working multiple businesses at the same time. Mm-hmm. I want to focus my energy on one. And if I can have like the, uh, passive income from investing, residual. yeah, the residual income from investing and things like that awesome yeah like i think that all of my entrepreneur friends would would say or the gurus that i follow that you need some type of passive income you, you have multiple streams of income yes. in general yes, yes yeah but i personally do you don't not. need it right now though no no you don't need it right now because it's always gonna be an opportunity yes but and I, I yeah we're on the exact same page because and i would say that 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 was obviously that was we cultivated it, but it was also given to us because mm-hmm. the businesses that we were in, yep. that was, it's, it's, it's very much the culture is that the faster you go, the faster you'll build, the faster you'll make money. And yes, logically that makes sense, but that, it was exactly what you said was, and it, it was some personal development that helped me understand that. It was that everything that everybody's working towards is the feeling of getting the thing they want. Mm-hmm. So the nice car, you want the feeling. It's not necessarily even the luxury of sitting on the leather seats. It's the security and prestige mm-hmm. of driving the Mercedes Benz. Exactly. It's the security and prestige of being in the home with the Colorado view, with the hot tub on the porch. It's that feeling you're searching for. Um, and when you are hyper-focused of the future, it's the lack of what you have now. So like you had said, when you can get so much more clear about, but what I have now is also amazing. And if I can be so grateful for the experience that will be coming to me when I live in Colorado and feel that way, then that's the shift. That's the freedom. And so it's quite ironic because I'm still in the fast paced business, but I have made it abundantly clear to my team. I will not be a fast momentum builder. And it's not wrong. If you decide that you want to, I will hook you up with somebody that can, but it's not me mm-hmm. anymore. It would have been me. And I, I don't want to feel like I sold you on a false promise, but I did lose some team members because of it. And that's okay because they want to be faster paced. They need that leadership. And I believe that I willed into the universe 
a breakup because like the team that I joined into was very fast paced yeah. and it was very very whatever and they recently decided to be a part of a different organization and so it, every single upline that I had is gone Oh, wow. They're all gone. So it's, it, so that's, it, you know, in the moment, it could have very much been a 2018, Rachel, of this is not where I'm supposed to be. Instead, instead, it was a conversation with some of my leadership members who were very much aligned and always had been that I could trust and say, so what do you, what do you guys feel like? Because I feel like now we just build our own culture. Yeah. Now we just decide that maybe, like you had said, okay, so we understand that we're going to get, if we put in the work, it will always get there. Yeah. So if we can recognize that we will not be millionaires in year three or year five but it's because i'm i made it to every school play and because mm-hmm. i had time with olivia from nine to two mm-hmm. every single monday through friday i'm never gonna fucking regret that no there's never enough millions in the banks bank to make me feel otherwise exactly and that money will always come but oh, the yeah. experience is already here oh yeah so and i it's so it's so funny to me like looking at the oh, because when you start personal development, you think, oh, this is just going to be hard. This is going to be hard. And then I look back and I'm like, wow, that's a lot of personal development that I didn't realize I was even experiencing. Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of comical. But it, it's nice to know that even months later we can have these conversations and there's no, there's no, like, I don't feel bad about telling you how I feel or I don't feel like the fear of being judged or the fear of disappointing people. It's well, I think it had to, we probably both needed the time. Yeah. Like, I think it, I think we were both adult enough to go, the change is happening and we have a very important relationship. So it can't be about, I, it, it, I never took it personally that you didn't want to do it. Was I bummed? Of course, because yeah. I wanted you to be alongside me and I knew you were good at it. And I definitely want you to have the lifestyle. But I knew I had to be 2020 Rachel and just go, this is not about you. This is about Jess and what's best for her family. And you know she's incredibly talented. And you're part of the reason why she launched yeah. her photography business. So you yeah. can't be mad at yourself. Yeah, no. You can't be mad at her because no. you wanted this for her. And you're literally still supporting me being Absolutely. successful every step of the way. So, yeah, yeah no. You'll you'll always be a big important role in, in my success, you know, because of your support and because of... The, the journey that you've helped me on and it's we, we've you've said it before in the in-home party business that we were in together where we first met mm-hmm. you literally coached us on how to leave the company and how to not intentionally go, by the way pure romance yeah, not intentionally no, it was through personal development and you coaching us to develop ourselves that we we figured out what we really wanted in life and yeah. a few of us have really gone after it and we're, yeah. the, better, we're the better for it so we can't I agree. Be, I agree. You're doing what you're supposed to do on planet Earth. Yeah, it it is ironic because I was very lucky to fall into what I do love to do and develop and then develop people. And then it was just, it was a slight awakening to go, oh, yeah, well, they might not want to do what you do. Yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. Because, yeah, I feel good about it. And I love my ladies. And everybody that I've been able to, quote, unquote, literally been able to, quote, unquote, coach or connection call with until they did whatever, every single one of those women I had an experience about them talking about I'm leaving the business I want you to know and that meant more to me than anything Mm because I've seen so many relationships some of my own that my friendships were lost because I'm sure they feel like I'm mad at them and it's never going to be that way and it might have been in 2018 but it's not now no it's not and so to be able to maintain all of those relationships I'm just I'm so fortunate and I love every one of them um and two of them are already doing podcasts with me while you're on maternity leave isn't that cool yeah so um, all right so we're gonna wrap up because we're going right to the end again we don't really even have any action points for you today sorry about it except for to share this podcast if you got something from it because it makes you beautiful um but it is a lot of just about that conversation we don't really necessarily want you to take any action from what we say 
in our regard. We want you mm -hmm. to go out and search for your book, your audiobook, your mentor, your angel. If you, if you feel like you're aligning with us, message us, you know, empowerment class with me, one-to-one -one coach, whatever. Um, clearly you can tell, like, that's where my heart is, is getting you where you want to be. So tell them where they can find you. Photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook. You can also search for Instagram. Now! Yeah. Yeah. Go find it. Go follow go, it. Yeah, go follow it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love it. And then um, Boudoir Photos with Anderson on Facebook. Yeah, you probably should have seen a tag anywhere. Yeah, somewhere. somewhere. about it. So if you don't know, you'll know. Get into the VIP page. We're 18 years old, older and feminine energy, and you'll see plenty of links and plenty of amazing photos of women that have done the sessions already. So I'm Rachel Vote, and you can find me at Vote for Parties on Instagram, as well as the Book of Face, of course. Um, lots of stuff. Amazing way to connect. I don't know what I was going to say about that. Just connect with us. That's all we want you to do. Uh, right now, you got to stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.